Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Everybody remembers the guarantee that Mike made last week. Let's remember. And, and the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy? Or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, eh, go ahead and start Benson and just win by 10, 12 points. You think, you think you're going to beat me? No, I know I will. It's week 16, James. This is it. All the money's on the line. It's championship week. your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio. Uh, that's the long intro there on this uh, Christmas Eve night. It is uh, 11.03 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Santa's been making his way uh, around the uh, the globe tonight. And, uh, you know, just a couple of minutes, most of us dads are going to be walking downstairs, maybe throwing the presents under the tree, grab those cookies that have been sitting down there for a couple of hours and uh, just toss the milk in the uh, sink. And, uh, yep, that's what's going to happen for me here in a couple of minutes. Get these presents downstairs and uh, get the camera all queued up for Christmas morning uh, for the young boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio. I am Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, my good friend, Michael Trent. And, Mike, you did make the guarantee, so I had to bust your chops. You had one heck of a team, and uh, it was a great matchup uh, between you and I this past weekend. Yeah, no doubt, Scott. Uh, first off, I want to wish everybody a uh, uh, happy uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, you know, this is a great time, a great time to be with uh, everybody that we all uh, love, and uh, it's just uh, it means a lot to everybody. Uh I guaranteed it, and uh, I, the only reason I guaranteed it because I knew my team wasn't that good <laughs> uh, going against you. But uh, you know, it, it was it was fun, and I gave it a shot, and so I I got beat this week, and and but I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, 
upcoming battles uh, against you, Scott. And furthermore, uh, in the Hyper 3, uh, I'm in a big big, big matchup that I'm looking forward to and, uh, and some more uh, 77s and things like that. So uh, you beat you be my butt, man, and I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> Hey, we, we persevere. I'm typing in the chat room to uh, a couple of good guys, E2A and Anthony's in the chat room, uh, newcomer LDHB. We've got some guests in the chat room tonight. We're going to persevere tonight. It is Christmas Eve night, and uh, I know a lot of folks have uh, other things on their mind. Matter of fact, for most most players, don't have a lot on the line at this point in the season. It's, it's two guys out of every 12 still in the dance with something to play for, and that's that's what it's all about. But we see it through to the very end. And, listen, I am so excited for these guys that have a chance to win this 100000 this 300000 this 50000 in these high-stakes competitions, many of whom we've had on our show, Mike, many of whom are our friends we share time with and bruise with at the bar or have over. These are some, there's some really good guys and gals in this industry that are still alive and uh, names that you see year in, year out at the leaderboard. I tried to break down some of these names. You know the names, Mike. Don Thompson, Robert Pardicelli, yep. Mike Krucek. Uh Those are just a few of the names in the hunt for the uh, $100,000 prize at the Football Guys Players Championship. Matter of fact, Ryan Stricker, a.k.a. Iceman, he had two teams in the top four going into this hundred grand weekend and uh after after Thursday he still has two teams in the top seven. So that's just an incredible accomplishment. Now going over to yeah, the World Championship the World Championship of Fantasy Football, Mike, three hundred thousand dollars on the line. Jeff Shaker uh is in a good position to to uh take that down. Kimra Slicer, we met her, uh if you remember Mike yep. down in Kentucky. She was uh yep. she's like the first lady. And uh, Chad Schroeder, they're all in the hunt for the 300000 Again, names we know, names that have been on our program. Uh, yeah. Moving you over to Scott. Yeah, and the ahead. thing about it is, you know, we, we've had this, this discussion, whether it's luck or, or skill. Well, you know what? Uh, when when those same names keep showing up, it, it's skill. It, they're very good at it. And, uh, you know, I, I just give uh, – all the credit to uh, each and every one of them for uh, continuing to do what they're doing and doing it at a high level. That's great. Hey, Shot Caller's in the chat room as well. He's trying to hold on. Uh, he's typing in the chat room. Trying to hold on to the World Championship of Fantasy Online Championship for $10,000. That's the WCOOF, as we call it, the World Championship of Online Fantasy Football. That's their tournament. has a $350 entry fee, and he is – Holding on to the lead for $10,000. He's got the Roddy White, and uh, it looks like he's playing against the Roddy white Colston combo. Uh, Shot Caller, if you have any uh, decisions that you'd like to talk about, we'll, we'll try to help you as well. But let me let me move on, Mike, to some of these other bigger competitions. The National Fantasy Football Championship uh, over at Fanball. Those guys, again, Darren Pasich, K.J. Duke, Chad Schroeder again. Uh, those are a couple of names in the chase for $100,000. Then you've got the NFFC Primetime, the $50,000 top prize. Chad Schroeder again. Uh, his name's everywhere. And Joe Jefferson, I'm telling you, we've had Chad on the show numerous occasions, and it seems like every year he has opportunities to knock down these top prizes. It's not just luck, gentlemen. When these nope. guys can get it week in and week out, year in, year out, these guys are at the top. That's why we formed the Fantasy Players Association. FantasyPlayersAssociation.com, the uh, pre-beta blog, is still up and running, uh, and we plan on turning that into the home for fantasy players everywhere uh, so that you can put a face to the name of the best high-stakes players in the planet. Uh, Kelly Schroeder, John Haskell, Dennis Young, Daryl Bomber, Mike Thomas, and Don Thompson yet again. Those are just a few of the names on the hunt for the Fantasy Football Players Championship $100,000 top prize, Mark. I mean, it, it just keeps going on and on. And, uh, Mike, we know those names. Dennis Young, uh, a.k.a. Weaver. Uh, Kelly yeah. Schroeder, that's Ned Schroeder's uncle right there. Uh, so his name continues to pop up as one of the best. And, uh, you know, Don Thompson. 
you know, this is a guy that was in my world. He was in my league at the World Championship of Fantasy Football. We're squaring up him and I, mano a mano, in the Genesis League, the draft, the first draft that kicks off the summer for all of us. Uh, we're in the finals of that competition this week. And, again, he's well, right there in the thick of it for hundred grand, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it seems like the same names over and over. And why is that? Uh, it, it's going to take somebody to uh, knock some of them guys off. And, uh, you know, I'll put a challenge out to myself and to uh, anybody else that's uh, out there that wants to knock, the, knock these guys off and say, hey, you know, I – I'm better than you are, you know, and just go ahead and do that. Uh, but these guys are tough. I mean, they do their homework. They're very, they're very uh, diligent in, in, in the way they go about things. And uh, you know, if you're gonna knock them off, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And these guys are the best. But I still say that there's guys and gals out there that can beat these guys. So. Uh, you know, the, the only way to do it is to step up to the plate and, uh, you know, put pony up the money and, uh, and do it. All right, well, listen, here's, a, uh, here's another name I want to throw at you. And I wanted to get a hold of this guy. The week kind of got away from me, and I apologize. I didn't get it done. I, it would have been a great guest to have, but I, I didn't want to put the hex on him. You know, the red versus blue hex is a very real thing. But get this, Mike, yep. Mark Humphrey. Get, get to know the name Mark Humphrey, that's a name that if you haven't seen before, you will see it a lot more. Uh, his team name is The Pump. The Pump. Mark Humphrey is in the hunt for all three of the grand champions. Uh, the World Championship of Fantasy Football, he's number seven. The Fantasy Football Players Championship, he's number seven overall. And the Football Guys Players Championship, another $100,000 top prize, he's number eight overall. So, we might see something very special this weekend, Mike, with a couple of these teams. I, I'm, I'm telling you, there's just this vibe this year. If you have teams, uh, you know, we saw several guys go out of their way and get Michael Vick and Peyton Hillis in week two, and when they did that, they go went ahead and got them on all their teams, every team. And then you see it, every one of their teams was successful, you know, come up this end of the year now. You know, that's the type of players we have right now. When they like a guy, they go get him on every one of their teams. And, uh, I mean, unless, you know, unless you had Phillip Rivers, you didn't really have a need for Michael Vick. But other than that, if you liked Michael Vick, you went out and you got him on all your teams, and you bid 885 on all of them, you know, just to get him, just to have right. him. Right. It sounds like so, Mark, uh, he, did his, he did his homework uh, immediately and uh, got his players, and, uh, you know, that, that's something that we all – Excuse me. We all have to uh, be a cognizant of as uh, you know w- what do you get in the uh, in the draft and what do you get on the waiver wire? Did he did he make a lot on the waiver wire or you know did he just make it on the uh, on his uh, draft? Yeah, it's usually usually a bit of both. You can't miss too many picks in your draft and expect to. Uh, Expect to win, but we just got John Haskell in the chat room as well. Syracuse Slappers, uh, he's the number three team overall in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. This is a team that has a real shot at some serious money. This is a team that went ahead and paid for Michael Vick and got him week two. This is a team that survived Adrian Peterson last week with the uh, that news. That was just a, a major letdown for a lot of owners. Uh, to have Adrian Peterson, you know, uh, out of the lineup. Now, luckily, John did have a backup plan for Adrian Peterson. He had uh, Bernard Berrien sitting on his bench. Now, obviously, that's not a not a great backup plan, but you know, uh, it, it didn't get him uh, didn't get him any points. But you know, that's that's the type of thing you you don't know. You have to be ready for uh, for anything. And Adrian Peterson was just a complete. You know, it was a complete uh, surprise for a lot of us. But, you know, I think he, he went ahead and benched Adrian Peterson anyway. He he decided he had he had put in Tim Hightower and Fred Jackson last week. Uh, so I, I think he went ahead and avoided a, a major catastrophe there, although Fred Jackson only got him three points. 
He has right. Eric Garçon, Hakeem Nix, Jason Witten, Brandon Marshall, Darren McFadden, Michael Vick. This is a real team. Like, you, know, you know, listen to those names right there. He hit on Darren McFadden. He, he picked up on Michael Vick in the draft. He hit on Hakeem Nix, the stud wide receiver of the year for the New York Giants. And th- this isn't by surprise. Uh, you know, the FFPC, you have to have a good tight end. And he snagged Jason Witten, one of the, the top elite tight ends in the game, probably the elite tight end in the game right now, thanks to all the other injuries. And this is a team that has a real shot at $100,000. Mike, there's not a real weakness on the team. Right. You know, I totally agree. I mean, when you throw in uh, what's happened with uh, – John Kentner and Jason Witten, what they've been doing uh, in the course of the last three weeks, I mean, it's been really impressive. Uh, so you throw that tight end factor in there, and, and you know, I know he got like 30 points last week, 30 fantasy points, but uh, even on a bad week, I mean, I mean, goodness gracious, he's, he's going to get 20 to 24 at least. And, uh, you know, if you've got – if you've got uh, Witten in that spot, then you're, you're feeling pretty good about pretty good about things, especially the way Kitna has been going to Witten. Yeah, well, uh, for John, uh, we're talking about it in the chat room right here, Mike. Uh, Brandon Marshall's the key on that team because, again, that's somebody that nobody really has. If you had Brandon Marshall and you somehow survived, you're doing pretty well because he had a very quiet year. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, he had several. You know, games that were that were good, uh, but there wasn't a, it wasn't the Brandon Marshall year many of us expected for the price we paid. Right now, he's sitting on 71 catches for 815 yards and three touchdowns, and and most of the, you know he got 11 catches for a touchdown last week for 100 yards. So yeah. you know he got a lot of what he had to do in week 15. He, he got he had a big week week three, 10 for 166 and a touchdown. Shows you what Marshall can do, but. He didn't do much the rest of the year. Didn't have a, a single TD between week three and week fourteen. Didn't didn't have uh, more than one one uh, hundred yard game during that entire span from week three to week fourteen. So that's the type of year that if you have Brandon Marshall and survive, that's the type of player that could really make it for you this week. Let's take a look at that matchup while we're at it. Let's go ahead and cue it up. It's Detroit at Miami this week, Mike. And Detroit comes into this game. Uh, as a as a middle tier type uh, pass defense, uh, definitely a play here where Chad Henney can exploit this defense a little bit. Do you have the over under on that game, and and what type of spread are we looking at in that game? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, that uh, Miami uh, Detroit game, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting. The, the only reason I say is uh, I'm looking up the over under right now because uh, it's going to be uh, the over under is. Forty-one and a half, and you know that that surprises me because uh, Miami is three and a half point favorite. Over under forty-one and a half. That's a lot of points. Uh, I, you know, I guess they're, I guess they're saying that Miami is going to score. I guess they're saying that Chad Henney is going to uh, hook up with uh, Brandon Marshall. I, you know, I don't see it myself. <laughs> I mean, you got to. Well, it's a good matchup for the uh it's a good matchup for uh the Miami run game, but again, you know, you have um twenty two passing touchdowns given up by the Detroit Lions. They are a much better defense than they were last year. They have several playmakers, but you've got Devon Best, uh, Anthony Fasano and, and, and primarily Brandon Marshall here. This could be a Brandon Marshall type day. And we'll see if Henny can string together two decent games in a row here. That's kind of that's kind of the objective. He rebounded from that awful game at New York where he threw for 55 yards, and he had respectable numbers against Buffalo last week, 276 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, albeit on 45 attempts, but he focused on Brandon Marshall, 12 targets, 11 catches, 106 yards. That was Marshall's third 100-plus yard game of the season. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's the kind of momentum you kind of want rolling into that Week 16 matchup. So I I kind of like this play. On the other side of the ball, you obviously have to like Calvin Johnson there. And, and to be honest, Mike, there's not a lot else I would start. I don't think I put in a Burleson-type player here. I don't put in a job at best. I don't. I might put in a Pettigrew if I if I have a uh, one and a half points per reception type game here. Right. But uh, it looks like looks like Sean Hill is back. That goes back and forth. That's a merry-go-round at quarterback and. 
Uh, well, you know, there's not much else I would play here. It's, it's already been said that, uh, you know, I mean, Sean Hill, he's going he's gonna to be the man the rest of the year. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen a game uh, in Miami when the over number was this high. I mean, that, that's a high number for this for this team. Uh, so I, I I will I will say that uh, it looks like uh, Miami they're gonna they're gonna use Marshall if they can get him into it. Uh, if I'm uh, if I'm Detroit, I'm using any weapons I can with that over number being the way it is. I'm using any weapons I can. Bob Best, he might be a pretty good play. Calvin Johnson, uh, yeah, he's got he's got to be a good play. All right, uh, Syracuse Slappers, he he does have a good shot. We're rooting for John right now. He's uh, he's got a very good squad here, and you just have to be able to put it together and put everything together. His, his big question is Adrian Peterson, and again, let's talk about that, Mike. That that hit a lot of us by surprise. Uh, you know we. You, you you hoped for the best, and you know you got to prepare for the worst, and that's what he did. He put everybody else in and and started them, and you know what else can you do? But this week uh, it's more of the same here at Philadelphia. Uh, Adrian Peterson it does sound like he is going to play. He did practice, and it does sound like he's going to go ahead and give it a go. Uh, but wow, inactive week 15, just when you needed him the most, and Lincoln Financial Field. Mike, they expect a low of 24 degrees on Sunday night with a 40% chance of snow, sleet, and ice during the game. This could be a uh, a nasty type condition day day for Michael Vick, for uh, all the crew there. I mean, you have to start all the Eagles. Uh, Vick, McCoy, Macklin, Deshaun Jackson. You've got to start all four of those. On the other side of the ball, there's not a lot you can get excited about. You can't get excited about Percy Harvin or Sidney Rice like you once could. Those are guys that have to ride your bench right now until uh, they get this team back on track. The only guy you can start on that team is Adrian Peterson, and you don't feel good about that either. It could be another 80-yard type day, but you have to put Adrian Peterson well, in there. There's no doubt yeah. about it. You have to keep him in the lineup. Yeah, you, you have to. Uh, there's a reason that this line uh, is uh, the over and under is 43-and-a-half. That's a lot of points, and I'm not convinced that, Philadelphia is going to score all 44 of those points. Uh, so that's telling me that uh, Minnesota, they have a chance uh, to run the ball against Philly. And uh, so if you have AP, uh, you might hit, I mean, obviously you got to start him. Uh, Passing-wise, I don't know what's going to happen that way. Uh, as far as Philly goes, uh they're going to have to continue to do what they've been doing, uh, Michael Vick, and you know they're, they're going to have things going their way. And but uh, when I see that over and under, I'm, I'm really shocked. And uh, Philly is a 14 and a half point favorite. So, <laughs> Lashawn McCoy. I mean, it could be a big day for Lashawn McCoy. But uh, if you're a, Minnesota Vikings owner, if you have anybody in in the Minnesota Vikings, uh, I wouldn't give up on AP on this day. Not at all. Let's take a look at the Christmas Day game, Dallas at Arizona. Uh, Marion Barber is back in the fold after being gone several weeks. Um, the coach wants to see what he has and at what level he is. I don't know why. I mean, the season's over. You've got Felix Jones. He's promising to start, too. You've got Tashard Choice, who's arguably the best back of the bunch there, Mike. And he's not uh, – he had 15 carries last week. It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, you could really count on him to get that again because you've got the three-headed monster situation back in it. The Cardinals rushing defense is very sorry this year. They're 30th in the NFL. They're averaging 145 yards allowed a game. They've, they've allowed 16 pounds uh, down into the end zone this year, given up to date. That's that's tied for third most in the NFL. And, look, over the last four weeks, the Cardinals have allowed almost 700 yards rushing. That's about 170 yards a game, folks. Uh, 45 for 177 handed over to the Panthers. 31 for 132 allowed to Denver two weeks ago. Dallas is going to run all over them, but you, uh, you don't yeah. know which guy it's going to be. So it's very hard to start to short choice. It's, it's one of these, Mike. I mean, you know, can you start to short choice over uh, 
a Steven Jackson? Not really. Could you start him over a Reggie Bush? Yeah, you could. But it, it's just one of those that you don't really feel great about. Well, you know, I totally agree. There's there is no way that you can uh, you can start any one of the Dallas Cowboys uh, running backs over anybody else that that you might have uh, in your lineup. Uh, this game screams of run for Dallas, but yeah, it also screams of Kitna to Witten because these guys have they started. I mean, they've connected for the last couple of weeks and it, it, they've made it work. And they continue to make it work. Uh, John Kenna to Jason Witten. Uh, if you have Witten, you're you're going to be a very happy camper after this week. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball, I agree with you on on the other side of the ball as well. You've got Arizona, the Arizona uh, players. You, the only thing you really really have there is Fitzgerald that you can count on against Dallas. You know, the Cowboys' pass D is awful heading into this Christmas Day game. They gave up over 1,200 yards in the last four games. And I want to I want to jump ship real quick and talk about this Redskins situation, Mike, because it, it plays off of the Dallas game last week, right? And you saw Mike Shanahan make the move to Rex Grossman, and in a in a move that what looks like could save Shanahan's job. And I, I want to dig just a little bit deeper on that because. You know, you, you look at that game, you see Grossman put up his, you know, his four-touchdown day uh, against the, the Cowboys, and you think for a second, wow, maybe it was McNabb. I guess it was McNabb. I guess Shanahan was right. But you know what? This thing smells and stinks of setup to, you know, all, all, all get out here because Grossman uh, is still Grossman. He's not the savior of this team. He's not the starter heading in the next year. Shanahan was out on a limb all by himself. He he was he was he hung himself with his own rope, okay? And he looks at this matchup and he looks at the two matchups coming up, conveniently Dallas and the Jaguars, two of the worst pass defensive teams in the league, and he says, "You know what? We've lost all these games with McNabb. This is a convenient scapegoat for me to put Grossman in and him to look good, and then I'll be I'll get another year and another year of salary here." scooped up off of Daniel Snyder, and, well, you know, McNabb will be the scapegoat, and, you know, I, I just see it, Mike. That's too, too convenient here. you got the Cowboys and the Jags. Everybody knows they can't stop the quarterback. So I'm not so convinced that McNabb wouldn't have put up 300 yards and four touchdowns against him. What's your take? No, no he probably wouldn't have. And uh, But uh, let's face it, they, they, they signed McNabb for this, quote, contract, uh, you know, earlier, you know, in the month, and uh, said that it's going to be contract extension unless you get cut. And uh, well, obviously, Don uh, McNabb has no—he's uh, he, not going to be around that offense at all. And uh, you know, Shanny—he's Shanny being Shanny. He's doing—he's he, doing what he wants to do and when he wants to do it. Um, but I, I, you know, when it all boils down to it, Scott, the bottom line is the future. The future of that organization is it going to be Donovan McNabb? Is it going to be Rex Grossman? I don't think either one of them have any deal in the future. The bottom line no. is they got to get rid of that contract and uh, uh, Donovan McNabb. Yeah, they do, and, 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 you know, they will. So, look, in this skin jazz game, MJD is out. Rashad Jennings is in. Obviously, MJD has, has, has very likely not carried you to the playoffs up until this point, so it's, it's kind of moot. Very likely, if, if, if you did have MJD, and hopefully you had his handcuff in Jennings, uh, on the other side of the ball, Grossman and, and, and Moss should have a big day. Ryan Terrain posted another 100-plus yards uh, combined effort last week. He was kind of a dual threat back, 11 for 53 rushing, 5 for 48 receiving, got that touchdown. It was the second receiving score of the year and his second 100-plus yard effort in a row. So he's playing well entering week 16, and the Jags, they've allowed 500 yards rushing in the past four weeks. That's like 125 on average and 15 scores uh, through 14 contests. So I think Ryan Terrain could could be a nice play. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm talking about Jacksonville right now. Uh, this team is dangerous. Ryan Terrain, uh, he is going to be a very nice play against them. But, man, this team, they are very dangerous, and they know what they need to get done. But uh, uh, Ryan Terrain, uh, he impresses me each and every week that he's back because, let's face it, Washington, they, they have no, no other, uh, you know, avenues to go to. All right, I don't know. You're calling Jacksonville dangerous? I don't know. I think they're they're very average. They're very average. They're just middle of the pack, no. middle of the road. They don't do anything special. They're not going to get into the but playoffs again. Yet, yet another year of disappointment. So it, you, you it's not. It. Uh, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Don't do anything special. They do nothing flamboyant. There's there's nothing about this team that excites anybody. But you know what they do? They win. Yeah, they're the best of the rest is what they are. Look, let's move on to Houston at Denver. Uh, this is another game where we have a, 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 a big-time player, Andre Johnson, the Pro Bowl wide receiver. His status for Sunday's meeting with the Broncos will be a dreaded game-time decision, according to the team's official website. Uh, Johnson's fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. He's obviously a must-start if you have him, but he revealed Friday that the high ankle sprain he's battled virtually all season, it's gotten worse, Mike, and an MRI on Monday showed further damage to the ankle. Now, he didn't practice all week long, although he did jog lightly on Friday. He's listed as questionable on the team's injury report. Kubiak said he will leave the decision up to Andre, who could receive another one of those pain-killing shots in order to play or something like that. Mike, I don't know, I... You know, this is a real shame for Andre Johnson owners, uh, you know, or Matt Schaub owners at this point because, you know, both these guys' value take a huge hit. Foster definitely disappointed last week. This is this is a team with all the building blocks, and, the, and, and you thought that maybe this year would be the year that they do okay. something. But then again, look, five wins, six wins, even if they get to seven, it's just not going to cut it, Mike. Kubiak's a guard. He's gone. Yeah. Kubiak's done, uh, but – can I ask you this question? Why in the heck are they a two-and-a-half point favorite with the over and under at 48-and-a-half? That's, I mean, who's who's going to score those 48-and-a-half points? I mean, that Tebow. is crazy. Tebo! <laughs> no way. No way. Uh, if you have Andre Johnson, you, you're going to have fun. If you have Matt Shaw, you're going to have fun. Uh, if you have uh, Aaron Foster, obviously, you're going to have fun. I mean, these guys will have a fun day. Uh, Denver, uh, I mean, I see them. Tebow, might, he might do something, uh, you know, might do something special. Timothy Richard Tebow, TRT. Yeah, listen, Tim Tebow led the Broncos in rushing last week with eight carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. He got in the end zone. He also threw a touchdown uh, to Brandon Lloyd, eight for 16, 138 yards. No pick, Mike. His first start for Denver. And the Texans, we all know about the Texans, are the worst pass D in the league, allowing an average of 275 yards rushing or passing per game, excuse me, with a league-worst 31 passing touchdowns given up. So, you know, I look at Royal, I look at Lloyd, I look at Gaffney, I say put them all in there with Tim Tebow. Start Tim Tebow. Forget no Sean Moreno. Moreno let down players big time last week. He he had that injury. He was out week 15. It does sound like he will be back this week, uh, week 16. But it's, uh, man, I, you know, the news on – the news – doesn't matter probably to a large majority of the listeners after Moreno probably ruined your title chance in week 15, but the Broncos expect him to play this week despite that rib injury. Uh, they said that his uh, the, Moreno's still sore, Mike, but he's improved over the past couple practices. They should give it a go with against the Texans. And, uh, you know, you saw it. He started against the Raiders. We had him in several leagues, and, uh, man, he didn't make it out of the first quarter. Thanks to those ribs. Yeah. So, I've had a couple people ask me, how's Moreno doing? How's Moreno doing? I'm like, you know, it's just, it's status quo. I mean, it's just the way it is. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that really surprises me with uh, Houston being that big of a favorite. 
as a matter of fact, uh, it's uh, minus two and a half, minus one twenty. So they're almost Houston's almost a three point favorite at Denver. So I, I mean, I don't know if I can go with the Moreno right here. Let's move on to uh, the passing of Bills. You know, you got Welker in your lineup, Brady, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and they're probably Woodhead. Uh, this week is a good start. I see Steve Johnson as a must-start. Fred Jackson is a guy you have to go ahead and keep in your lineup. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, listen, 98-yard uh, rushing last week. Danny Woodhead, 42 yards rushing. They both pushed in touchdowns versus Buffalo back in week three. That was that wild 38-30 New England win. Uh, ben Jarvis Green Elf has scored five rushing touchdowns in the last four weeks, and Woodhead led the team in rushing last week. So, I, look, this Bills run defense, their their numbers are weak through 14 games, as I, where I said 586 yards allowed in the last four games. They've coughed up uh, only 65 yards to the Dolphins last week. They held Cleveland to 100 yards two weeks ago. They're not shutting down teams yet. They played a little bit better, but better than they have at any point during the year, but right. this is still the 32nd-ranked rush defense in the league. I expect Ben Jarvis Green Ellis to have a big, big day and Woodhead. They should both play well, and and Brady shouldn't be asked. He can do pretty much whatever he wants to do in this game. Yeah, I totally, you know, I, I agree, Scott, but on the other side of it, I like uh, Fred Jackson. I really like Fred Jackson to go uh, against New England. And, uh, you know, this could be a pound them out type of game. The old number is 46. That's a big number. Uh, I like the under in that game big time. Uh, I, I just like uh, Fred Jackson to be able to do what he likes to do and, uh, you know, pound it straight up the middle. And uh, New England, uh, you know, you, you're talking about – Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, uh, he's going to be able to do what he can do. And uh, and so will, uh, so will Danny Woodhead. But the problem with, with those two guys is which one are they going to key on? Which one, which one will be the guy that uh, Belichick goes to? So, uh, you know, it could be a tough situation because, I mean, Green Ellis, he's going to be reliable. Woodhead – Woodhead might not get much. I mean, he he may not get any touches at all in this game, and I'm going to say that right now. Mike, I can't believe that the uh, the San Fran at St. Louis game has playoff implications. San Fran at St. Louis. Uh, wow. Troy Smith was named the starter. Alex Smith is out as the starter. What a carousel merry-go-round this thing is. Uh, Anthony Dixon's walking around with a limp. He's questionable. Uh, Westbrook gets the start. Steven Jackson on the other side of the ball with Bradford. you got Crabtree and Vernon Davis that haven't been utilized properly, but they will get a chance this week at St. Louis. The winner of this game has an inside track to that home playoff. That's right, Mike, I said home playoff game. Do you think either one of those teams have a shot at winning a home playoff game? In January? No. <laughs> I'm trying to make a case for either one of them. No, they do not. They do not. Uh, you know, it, it's sad to say that uh, that both those teams are in the are in contention. Uh, but no, Scott, they, they do not. They do not. I mean, they they can't compete against some of these teams that are. Uh, in there right now, so no. Yeah, it, it, it's either New Orleans or the Giants as we stand right now. New Orleans or the Giants would have to go on the road and face an, uh, you know, a St. Louis team, possibly a San Fran team. I mean, I can't believe if, if the if the Niners get into the playoffs, there's something seriously wrong. And the Niners are seventh in the NFL though through 14 games in run defense. Averaging 100 rushing yards allowed. They've only allowed eight scores all year, Mike. So this is not like a great matchup for Steven Jackson. Sam Bradford's going to have to take, carry this team and win it for him. And, and, and look, if this is if there's any game for Vernon Davis and, and Crabtree to get it going, it, Coy Smith has to get it done right here. If he can't get it done against St. Louis on the road, their season's over. Finally, put a fork in these guys to be done with it. 
and, and, you know, let's see what can happen here. I, I would love to see St. Louis dude roll all over the Niners because I'm so tired of watching the Niners play football. <laughs> I would, too. You know, and uh, St. Louis has a, a lot of, uh, like you say, upside. I mean, let's face it, St. Louis has more upside than San Francisco does. Singletary, excuse me, Singletary, he's coming there, and, uh, you know, he he wants to direct his players and do what he wants to do, but let's face it, uh, St. Louis, I, I feel like they got a lot more upside than uh, San Francisco does at this point in time. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're here. Uh, it's eleven forty Eastern Standard Time on Christmas Eve night. We're giving you all the action. We do not disappoint. We are here so that you can pop this into your iPod or your MP3 player on that drive to Grandma's, on that drive to Mama's house. If you have a long, uh, you have a long drive, you can just up, update uh, update your podcast, your subscription, and uh, listen to Red vs. Blue on the way. Uh, Hasselback is still the starter in this Seattle-Tampa Bay game. This is another game that has playoff implications, Mike. Hasselback is the starter, and Mike Williams was Mr. Everything for both quarterbacks last week, for Charlie Whitehurst and for Hasselback. Mike Williams had 13 targets for eight catches, 66 yards. I think the closest anybody else came was, like, John Carlson, two catches. Uh The other side of the ball, you've got another very talented rookie in the name of Mike Williams. And he is now within a shouting distance of a thousand yard season as a rookie, Mike. Eight scoring touchdowns already, a Tampa Bay rookie record. He can uh and, and another player on that team that I really like is another rookie, LeGarrette Blunt, Mike. That's, this kid yeah, out of that's Oregon. Where I'm going six, right here, Scott. Uh yeah. in this game, you know, Tampa Bay is a six and a half point favorite. The over and under is forty three and a half. I I feel like that Tampa Bay is going to use that run game and run, run all they can, and they're going to do what they can with LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, if you're the LeGarrette Blunt owner, you you got to be loving life right now because they will use him a lot, uh, and any any Tampa Bay runner. Uh, and I just you know. As far as them opening up with Josh Freeman and doing what they can uh, in the passing game, I don't see that much happening. Well, uh, look, uh, you know, you've got Mike Williams on that side of the ball. You've got Mike Williams on the other side, and, and so they'll get they'll do their damage. Uh, Blunt, though, he's that bruising back. It make you miss. And uh, he's got, he averages 4.7 yards a carry. That's second among rookie running backs. And Freeman and his receiving corps, they should be very effective against the Seahawks' pass defense. Uh, the Seahawks did manage two rushing touchdowns last week. Marshawn Lynch had a respectable game, 12, carries 60 yards and a touchdown uh, versus Atlanta. Uh, they found the end zone. Uh, you know, uh, fourth set was a little bit of a player last week, not much. Uh, but they did look better. Uh, the, the, the Tampa Bay defense, uh, they reeled off 180 yards rushing, uh, or the, the Lions rattled off 181 yards rushing on them last week, and Washington ripped them up two weeks ago for 188. So there's no reason to think that, uh, you know, Seattle and Marshawn Lynch can't have a nice day. This is the type of a player that if he's sitting on their bench, you're trying to decide what to do with him. This is the kind of game you could really put him in there. This is a very important game for both teams, Mike. Uh, one of these teams is going to move on, and one of these teams is going to move off. They're they're done. Right. Something that I wanted to bring to your attention, and what what you've already said is, uh, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, his resurgence in Seattle can that carry over to next year? I mean, is he going to be a staple uh, in that franchise? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I just know this. If I'm week 16 and I'm sitting here with Lynch on my squad and I'm looking at this Buccaneer defense, there's not another defense in the league I'd rather be facing right now. This Buccaneer defense is on the edge and the verge of a collapse, a total collapse. Uh, they're 29th in the NFL right now, but I would not I would say they're a whole lot worse than that over the last couple of weeks. And this team is falling apart on the defensive side of the ball. The offense is starting to turn things around the defense has totally lost all direction. 
Lynch would would be in my starting lineup this week. This is the type of game that could make all the difference. This is this is all the money. This is all the marbles. There's no reason to think that Tampa Bay is going to turn things around now after the last couple of weeks they've had. It's just not enough time to get things get things going. And Lynch looks like he can get the job done. So Lynch goes into my starting lineup. The game of the week, Mike, is arguably New Orleans at Atlanta. This is the game that everybody's been looking forward to, that everybody has an opinion about. This is the game we all look at and we say, okay, one of these two teams are, are going to, uh, you know, have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NFC. It's either going to be Atlanta or New Orleans. And Atlanta right now has a two-game edge on New Orleans. But if New Orleans wins this week, then Atlanta could be caught and New Orleans would win the tiebreaker. That's the uh, that's the scenario that has New Orleans fans chomping at the bit right here. Atlanta did get them earlier in the year in New Orleans. This game is at Atlanta, where Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, is twenty and one at home. Mike, if you have if you're thinking about your playoff pool right now, it is very hard to bet against a Matt Ryan because he's going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs right now. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm looking at this game. Uh, Atlanta is two and a half point favored. The over is forty eight and a half, which I expected a big number on like on on this type of game. But uh, you know, I I think Atlanta and Michael Turner is going to have a huge game. Uh, Matty, Matty Ice, like you said, uh, him and uh, Roddy White, they're going to hook up uh, a couple times. Uh, New Orleans, they got their hands full with this game. And uh, they know they have to win this game because, like you said, when uh, Atlanta went to New Orleans and won that game, I mean, that is huge. And in the NFC, the NFC is particularly weak in comparison to the uh, AFC. So uh, Atlanta, I mean, they can – I mean, this is a chance to first round home. And when was the last time they lost at home? Yeah, Matty Matty Ice is twenty and one at home, so that's that stat should uh that stat should tell you everything you need to know when Atlanta plays in the dome. It's not it's not like they're an overwhelming offense and an overwhelming defense. They just make plays better than the in their opposition. Uh they've got Tony Gonzalez, a future Hall of Famer there. They've got Roddy White who catches everything thrown his way. He probably pushes off every single possession and he gets away with it. But it's also a timing offense. It reminds me of Peyton throwing to Reggie or Peyton throwing to Marvin, where you just kind of turn around and, and, and Matt Ryan has the ball right there in your in your basket where you need it. That's the kind of quarterback he is. That's the kind of offense they run. And then you've got the, the, the plowing Michael Turner every single week in, week out, just wearing you down and, and up the middle and up the gut, not doing anything special. Oh, Scott. He's just counting you. Yeah, no question uh I want to I want to jump in here real quick. Uh, Michael Turner, he's been under the radar all year long, but this guy, I mean, he he, he told us that he was going to have a great year, and he has. If you look at his numbers, if you look at his stats, I mean, he's steady every freaking week. I mean, the guy has been good, and uh, you know, he, he said it was going to be that way, and you know, I'm, I'm a buyer now. And you also have to watch out for that Jason Snelling. We're talking about him in the chat room. He's a very sneaky player. Week in, week out, he just he finds a way to get into the end zone when you uh, when you think it's Roddy's turn or when you think it's Michael Turner's time to pound it in. It somehow ends up Snelling in there, and and that's the only thing that's really kept Michael Turner from being an elite running back in this game again this year is is Jason Snelling. So we'll we'll see what happens on Monday night. You couldn't ask for a better Monday night game after our holiday. To uh, to sit back and enjoy this game, Breeze, Meacham, Lance Moore, uh, Marquez, Colston, this this Jimmy Graham, all these guys got to be in your lineup. I think Pierre Thomas has to be in your lineup. Possibly even Reggie Bush if you have him. I think he's a, a good start this week because New Orleans is going to have to just do everything and spread it around and get Reggie Bush in space and make some plays against this Atlanta defense on the other side of the ball. You gotta put Matt Ryan in there. You gotta have Roddy. You gotta have Turner. And I think this week you do put Tony Gonzalez in your lineup. Uh, I think there's been many weeks where you kind of probably sat Tony Gonzalez, but not this week. I think this is a week where they try to stop Roddy from being uh, taken over this game, 
and that leaves Tony Gonzalez to kind of roam through the middle. So uh, New Orleans is a very good defense. You've got to watch out for Jonathan Thillman in the middle, but I think Tony Gonzalez will have a decent day here. And, again, it's, it's in front of the Atlanta home crowd. I wouldn't be ex- I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't uh, put it past New Orleans to win this game, though, Mike. I think, I think New Orleans gets this game for some reason. I don't, I don't think Atlanta sweeps the Saints. Do you? No, I, I disagree. I think Atlanta sweeps it. Atlanta does not lose at home. Uh, they'll find a way to win. Uh, New Orleans, let's face it, I mean, they've been winning some games, but they don't win emphatic, emphatically. So, uh, so I, I really like uh, Atlanta to win this game, yes. Giants at Green Bay, Mike. The Giants had the total collapse last weekend. In a game of the year, uh, what we saw with Michael Vick, Michael Vick showed us, showed the world that he is a legitimate MVP candidate in that discussion with Tom Brady. And, uh, wow, what a performance uh, from that entire team. What a letdown by Tom Coughlin. If you saw the game, Mike, Tom Coughlin should have never um, – uh, he should have had his hands team out on that onside kick. We all knew it was an onside kick coming up, and he just didn't have his team out there like he should have. That's on Tom Coughlin. And then, obviously, Tom did ask the kicker to uh, not kick it to Deshaun Jackson. He got a high snap, and he kicked it anyway, and it got to Deshaun, and, and it's over. But So that well, one's not as much on Coughlin. But that onside kick issue, that was a big Tom Coughlin whip, and, they, and Philly made him pay. But the Giants, look, for three and a half quarters, the Giants proved that they could take it to Philly. So I'm not so convinced that Philly's just a, a above and a beyond dominant team here of the Giants. I think they, the Giants could have won that game with no problem. The Giants uh, took a lot out of that game. Yeah, they did. And uh, the one thing about it is uh, that you gotta you got to understand that uh, the best coach in that game was Andy Reid. Andy Reid yeah. is so under the radar. Now, I mean, he he does not get the respect that he deserves. Andy Reid right. is a great coach. He's a great uh, motivator, and, and you know he gets people to buy into what he's doing. Uh, Tom Coughlin does too. But in that situation, it it was it was crazy. Uh, this yeah. week, uh, the Giants in uh, Green Bay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the Giants to bounce back. Listen, I, I thought it was very uh, disrespectful of um, the announcing crew um, to be questioning Andy Reid on the on the um, lack of using his uh, throwing the red flag and calling the challenge. I'm like, this is you cannot question if there's one coach in the league right now that you can't question his, his decision-making is Andy Reid. And, and they were talking Absolutely. about what a, what, a, what a big mistake it was. And I'm sitting there laughing, and I'm like, there's no way you can question Andy Reid. Uh, you know, no matter if you thought it was a fumble or not, uh, you know, it was Deshaun Jackson. He went down, and they thought maybe, yeah, that might not be a fumble. You should challenge that. Well, look, Andy Reid knows what he's doing. He knows what when he needs to hang on to those timeouts, and he did, and he held on to it, and he used it, and he came back and won the game. So, you know, another team on that they're playing, though, this Green Bay team gets Aaron Rodgers back, and they look pretty good against New England. Matter of fact, I think they exposed New England as not a the dominant team that they had been the last couple of weeks. I think they exposed them as an above-average, overachieving team the last couple of weeks because, look, this Green Bay defense had no problem uh, containing Tom Brady, containing the ground game. Uh, and you've got a quarterback who, in his first start ever, uh, threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns. That's the Achilles heel of this New England Patriots team. And you've got the Jennings, you've got James Jones, you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. This team can can put a hurting on anybody. And they're, they're going home, back home, to play the New York Giants, who just got off his loss. And the Green Bay Packers need this win bad to stay in the playoff hunt. Who do you like in this game, Mike? I like the Giants. I like the Giants. I like their running game. Uh, I think they'll be able to run against uh, Green Bay uh, with a two-headed monster with uh, Bradshaw and Jacobs. Uh, And I think they'll be able to throw the ball. Uh, 
So I, I love the Giants in this game, even though Green Bay is a three-point favorite. I, I still like uh, I like the Giants. I uh, I tell you what, that's a that's a team on that side of the ball. Mario Manningham went absolutely nuts last week. Hakeem Nix is in the lineup. You got Kevin Boss, Bradshaw, Eli. You got all these fantasy weapons uh, that so you put in your lineup that you should put in your lineup right now, Mike. I mean, every one of those uh, Giants you should have in your lineup. So the thing here, here's the key to this game, Mike. You want to hear it? Let on me. The ground game. The ground game. They both play great defense. One team runs the ball. One team does not. And the New York Giants can run the ball on you with Ahmad Bradshaw and Jacobs. That's the difference in this game. Aaron Rodgers will get pounded and pelted by that defense because you don't have to respect the run. You don't have to respect the run. Yeah. On, a, on a on a three-man rush, on a four-man with, with nine dropping backs, they can stop that in the Green Bay ground game, I think. I mean, unless it's John Kuhn. Now, you can't stop John Kuhn, okay? I, but you can stop <laughs> me Green Dance. You can stop uh, Brandon Jackson. These guys are not going to get over on you like they did against New England. I mean, Brandon Jackson ran for 100 yards against New England. Not going to do that against the Giants. No way. No, There's no way possible, and that's why I say the, the Giants win this game uh, because, you know, like what you just said, and, you know, Bradshaw and Jacobs, uh, they're going to be able to do what they can do, and it's going to open it up for uh, Manning to, uh, you know, throw to a boss or a Manny Ham or what have you. I mean, He's going to have a lot of fun out there on Sunday. Man, we've covered a lot of games, Mike. There's still so many more to get to. You've got the Jets at the Bears. Uh, you know, LT, I don't know what you do with him this week. I guess you put him in there if you have to. Yeah, you got, you got uh, Johnny Knox. Uh, I don't know what you do with him this week. Cutler says he's gonna not He's not going to avoid uh, Darrell Revis, and that's a, that's a classic cutting mistake right there. Uh, the Jets have not allowed a 100-yard rusher, it looks like. They did take away that yard from Rashard Mendenhall, Mike. I don't know if you saw that, but, man, if that cost you your oh, fantasy sure. play in week 15, that would be uh, that would be major. Let's do a little bit of rapid fire here, Mike. LaDainian Tomlinson or Ryan Matthews? Uh, I go LT. I've I stuck with him all year long. I go with LT because Ryan Matthews, you know, they're they're trying to – getting to the playoffs, and they're not going to get there. So uh, he's undependable. LT's dependable. I'll tell you, this Ryan Matthews is an interesting situation. It does look like he's in a legit timeshare with Mike Tolbert. 17 carries last week, 56 yards. Uh, 16 carries, 56 yards. Uh, The week before against Kansas City, Tolbert with 17 carries and 16 carries. I mean, that's a full-blown 50-50 split for the running backs. And, Look, both teams are both of these guys are helping their uh, the team rack up some W's here, and uh, I don't know the Bengals pass defense. I'm sorry, the rush defense ranked 22nd in the league with 13 touchdowns given up in 14 contests. But over the past four weeks, I'm looking at it, Mike, they've coughed up 500 yards uh, and a total of 100 fantasy points, 25 fantasy points per game. Uh, the Bengals rush defense very subpar right now, and and this. Uh, with Antonio Gates out, Malcolm Floyd out, um, you've got the other one, Patrick Creighton is out. You know, you could double Vincent Jackson and just let Matthews and uh, Matthews and Tolbert just pound the ball. And I'm not so sold on LaDainian Tomlinson right now. It's just one of those things. Let's do this one. Rapid fire, Mike. Johnny Knox, Sidney Rice, or, or Blair White. Which one? Johnny Knox, Sidney Rice, or Blair White? Ooh. Pick one. Pick one. Uh, shoot. I go Blair White. Blair White, based on the fact that uh, Cully is uh, hurt and out. I go Blair White. All right, give me one. Let's do a rapid fire. Okay, uh, I need uh, I need Amendola or uh, Santana Moss. Ooh, ooh, I love Santana Moss this week against one of the worst passing defenses in the league, the Jaguars. Get, get Santana Moss in your lineup. If you had him out of your lineup last week, you're really kicking yourself. Don't do it again, Mike. 
Hey, Merry Christmas, Mike. I hope you enjoy it. I hope Santa brings you some nice uh, drinking beverages in your stocking this morning. So uh, best of luck to you this weekend. Thanks to all of our Red vs. Blue listeners. Happy holidays from all of us. We'll see you next Friday night, just hours after Louisville defeats Kentucky. We'll see you. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. That's fun.